...that their husbands dreamed about them, but they didn't. Men dreamed about cars, it would seem. Maramotswe shivered. There were those who imagined that Botswana was always warm, but they'd never experienced the winter months there, those months when the sun seemed to have business elsewhere and shone only weakly on southern Africa. They were just coming to the end of winter now, and there were signs of the return of warmth, but the mornings and evenings could still be bitterly cold, as this particular morning was. Cold air, great, invisible clouds of it, would sweep up from the southeast, from the distant Drakensberg Mountains, and from the southern oceans beyond, air that seemed to love rolling over the wide spaces of Botswana, cold air under a high sun. Once in the kitchen, with a blanket wrapped about her waist, Mara Motswe switched on Radio Botswana in time for the opening chorus of the national anthem and the recording of cattle bells with which the radio started the day. This was a constant in her life, something that she remembered from her childhood, listening to the radio from her sleeping mat, while the woman who looked after her started the fire that would cook breakfast for Precious and her father, Obed Ramotswe. It was one of the cherished things of her childhood, that memory, as was the mental picture that she had of Machudi, as it then was, of the view from the National School up on the hill, of the paths that wound through the bush this way and that, but which had a destination known only to the small scurrying animals that used them. These were things that would stay with her forever, she thought, and which would always be there, no matter how bustling and thriving Habarone might become. This was the soul of her country, somewhere there, in that land of red earth, of green acacia, of cattle bells, was the soul of her country. She put a kettle on the stove and looked out of the window. In midwinter, it would barely be light at seven. Now, at the tail end of the cold season, even if the weather could still conjure up chilly mornings like this one, at least there was a little more light. The sky in the east had brightened, and the first rays of the sun were beginning to touch the tops of the trees in her yard. A small sunbird... Maramotswe was convinced it was the same one who was always there, darted from a branch of the Mopipi tree near the front gate and descended on the stem of a flowering aloe. A lizard, torpid from the cold, struggled wearily up the side of a small rock, searching for the warmth that would enable him to start his day. Just like us, thought Maramotswe. Once the kettle boiled, she brewed herself a pot of red bush tea and, mug in hand, went out into the garden. She drew the cold air into her lungs, and when she breathed out again, her breath hung in the air for a moment, in a thin white cloud, quickly gone. The air had a touch of wood smoke in it from somebody's fire, perhaps that of the elderly watchman at the nearby government offices. He kept a brazier fire going, not much more than a few embers, 
but enough for him to warm his hands on in the cold watches of the night. Maramotswe sometimes spoke to him when he came off duty and began to walk home past her gate. He had a place of sorts over at Old Naledi, she knew, and she imagined him sleeping through the day under a hot tin roof. It was not much of a job, and he would have been paid very little for it, so she had occasionally slipped him a twenty-puller note as a gift. But at least it was a job, and he had a place to lay his head, which was more than some people had. She walked round the side of the house to inspect the strip of ground where Mr. J.L.B. Mutakoni would be planting his beans later in the year. She noticed him working in the garden over the last few days, scraping the soil into ridges where he would plant, constructing the ramshackle structure of poles and string up which the beanstalks would be trained.